The intrigue of China just never ends. It never ends. I've been following China since I was a kid. I ended up going to China many, many times. I was actually in uh, North Korea via northern Manchuria and China on 9-11 of 2001. The, the fascination of China never ends for me. From the terracotta warriors to, you know, the, the first century, the original Chinese music, the Gray Wall of China, I have so many stories and so many memories about China and the Chinese people. Uh, but we are really, basically, even if it isn't declared, we are pretty much at war with China now in so many fronts in so many different ways. And there are lots of people fighting back, and you're going to hear from two of them, very different, very different today. Uh, the first is Gordon Chang, who is a longtime friend and expert um, and always has the most incredible things to say. I'll just tell you a little tease here. Gordon is half Chinese and half Scottish, which is a lot of fun. Uh, but, um, but we'll have a little fun, but not much, because we're going to talk about China. And then after that, uh, a Chinese dissident approached me at um, CPAC uh, recently, and they formed in a completely different organization made up of Chinese who are trying to reach other Chinese in mainland China. And I'll say more about that as we go along here, but that's kind of a tease of what's happening today. It's pretty it's pretty interesting. I guarantee you, you will not be bored. By the way, this is Sandy Rios, and you are listening to Sandy Rios 24-7. You can comment at 662-821-2040. Just leave your, leave your comments, and we're, we're going to be using these on the air. 662 821 Four zero, or you can write us always at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net. We are on all the social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter and Getter and all the rest of them. And so you can find us there. Just look for Sandy Rios 24-7. And you can hear this podcast at our home base, afr.net. You can download the app, AFR Talk, which is just great because it's so convenient. You can listen anytime, anyplace, anywhere in the world. So I hope that you'll avail yourself of those outlets. But let me just say that we have Preborn as a sponsor, for which we are very, very grateful. Uh, you know uh, that they provide ultrasounds for women who are not sure they want to keep their babies. And it's $28 for one ultrasound, and it's $140 for five ultrasounds. And you can go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. So sit back and relax. All Things China Today on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. All right, this is Sandy Rios with you, Sandy Rios, 24-7, and we are still live, as you can hear, very live, at CPAC 2023. And sitting across from me is someone that I've uh, uh, learned to trust tremendously on one of the most important issues of the day, and that's China. His name is Gordon Chang. He's been my guest many times on the morning show, but some of you who are podcast listeners won't be maybe not familiar with Gordon. 
Uh, Gordon has a fascinating past. He's written a ton of books on China. He is part Chinese himself. I always say this because I think it's so cool. He's half Chinese and half Scottish, which is fun for me since my son was at St. Andrews for so long. But in such a, do, you, do you wear a kilt? Do you have a kilt? No, I don't, Sandy. <laughs> well, you know what? They're actually really cool. I mean, when, I, when he was at St. Andrews and you go in those kilt shops... They, they're just beautiful. They really are. I used to think it was funny, but it's it's not funny to me anymore. So I think you should buy a kilt. I will do that. <laughs> All right. So uh, Gordon is the author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War and also Losing South Korea. He has written books like Nuclear Showdown, North Korea Takes on the Work, and The Coming Collapse of China, both from Random House. Uh, he was an attorney who worked in China for a number of years, I uh, worked in Hong Kong as a partner in the international law firm of Baker versus Baker, Baker and McKenzie. Uh, did you meet your wife then when you worked at Baker? Because she's from in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, uh, we met in Hong Kong at Baker and McKenzie. Uh, yes. That's really cool. See, I yes. did, that's a part of that I did not know of your story. And uh, I want to also give a shout out because I know you do a regular radio show now. How could people hear you? Uh, I'm a co-host with John Batchelor on CBS Eye on the World and on Mondays and Wednesdays. Okay, you know what? I, I love it. John Batchelor is just remarkable. He's remarkable. He's just uh, he's got a great mind and such an unusual way of talking about things that that's a that's a great spot for you. And I'm really happy that you have that regular spot. Well, thank you, Sandy. All right, in China. <clears throat> okay, so. Recently, Lloyd Austin, you know, came out with some uh, grave warning now, very serious about China, warning China to whatever, stand down, that we're, we're going to, I don't even know what his verbiage was, uh, but he's our Secretary of Defense, and finally he said this very strong thing. Do you think, really think, uh, that the, the Pentagon and the U.S. is really getting serious about China? They understand that there will be a conflict in all probability. Um, of course, nothing's inevitable, but they understand that the momentum is drifting to that. They don't have a sense of urgency, though, and that is the critical problem, because China is preparing for war, regardless of what their intentions are. We have no idea what's in the head of Xi Jinping. Um, only he does. But we do know what he's in fact doing. So for instance, at the Communist Party's 20th National Congress in October, he appointed what's called his War Cabinet. And of course, he's sponsoring the biggest military buildup since the Second World War. He's sanction-proofing his regime, and he's mobilizing China's civilians for war. So we should be preparing to defend ourselves just as he's preparing to attack us. You know, the thing that come, goes through my mind, you know, China is, I always think of China, probably because you've taught me this, because I've been there many times. They don't move fast, generally speaking. They move slowly and deliberately. They have, uh, it's the long game because they've been in existence for so long, you know, the Great Wall and uh, the, the history goes, I just, it's mind-blowing to be in China and see their history. You just can't even comprehend how far back it goes. So they don't seem usually to move fast, but now you think they're, they're actually moving fast on the, on the war front. Yes, I think that Xi Jinping, for various reasons, sees a closing window of opportunity because um, he can see all of the domestic problems for which he has no answer to. And there's, of course, the demographic collapse, which everybody knows now is coming. And so that means that Xi's whole idea of diplomacy is to intimidate others. And you can do that if you, everyone thinks your country is rising and that uh, inevitably everyone will have to submit 
but that doesn't work. This whole notion of intimidation doesn't work if people realize your country's falling apart. So I think Xi Jinping is deciding that he's got to move sooner rather than later. And the other thing is that he just does not respect Joe Biden. I mean, there's utter disrespect, which is the reason why they flew that spy balloon over the United States, because they just did not think that uh, Biden would oppose it. You know, uh, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago on my morning show, I played this clip. Perhaps you saw it. I, I can't retrieve it. I don't know where it went. It was a professor in China talking to an audience of Chinese in Chinese, but the translation was, they were all laughing uproariously. And he's talking about, well, we have we have people in the highest places. America basically just completely mocking us, and they were just having, it was just like a stand-up comedian, although he wasn't that. He was serious. Yeah, you're referring he, to Di Dongsheng, who's, okay. who's an academic. He gave a lecture in Shanghai on November 28th, 2020, and it was live streamed across China, and it became um, it it just highlighted for Americans how the Chinese think about us. Um, Dee said that no American could oppose China, that every American could be bought, and when he said two words, everybody in the live audience laughed, and those two words were Hunter Biden. It's just amazing. So you, it doesn't take a. Look, I, I laugh at us. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, sadly, it's a joke. Our government is a joke. Our response to China is a joke, an unserious joke. And in fact, I want to ask you something else. This effort to stop TikTok. Now, I recognize that TikTok is, is dangerous on some level. Uh, it's certainly dangerous. But is that on the pecking order of things we should do to stop China? Is that... As big a deal, the Congress is all over this now. They want to, you know, ban TikTok. Yeah, there's so many things that we need to do, and we need to do them all at once, and one of them is TikTok. You know, uh, Mitt Romney, the senator from Utah, uh, probably put it best when he said, there are 86 million spy balloons in the United States, and he was referring to TikTok. And, And he's also referring to the fact that China surreptitiously and illegally takes data off of those phones and ships it to Beijing. But there's a greater danger from TikTok, rather more, even more than the surveillance, and that is China uses TikTok um, to propagate its narratives. Um, so, for instance, last year, it used it to amplify Russian disinformation about the Ukraine war. It glorifies drug use. It does this. It does that. And uh, the important thing here is that the TikTok algorithm, which curates what people see and what they don't see, and Beijing uses that to further its malicious goals. So it is a worthy cause in the in the in the Congress. Yes. Um, okay. Now there are other things that we've got to do, but we've got to do them all at the same time. But TikTok is certainly one of them. And if the United States were to ban TikTok, it would be a demonstration of political will to Beijing. So it would be symbolic. Remember, President Trump, in his final months in office, banned TikTok and WeChat, which is That's a right. similar That's um, right. system. And Biden, one of the first things he did was to reverse those bans. So really, this showed China that, yeah, like Di Dongsheng said, um, China can get what it wants. So we need to ban TikTok, if for no other reason, to show Beijing that Di was wrong. Well, you mentioned a second ago uh, Russia and China. So... I had a conversation with a national security expert recently, and I had read that China was going to arm 
uh, help arm Russia, not just give aid to Russia's conflict in Ukraine. Lethal assistance. And the, the national security expert I talked to said, oh, no, they'll never do that. They're not interested in doing that. And they gave the reason. But I said, no. So, I, so Gordon, is that not true? Despite the fact that a lot of people say that China is maybe thinking about this, China, in fact, has provided lethal assistance to Russia almost from the beginning of this war. So, for instance, um, in the beginning of the war, um, Ukraine was operating Chinese-made drones. China knew the location of the drone operators, and they fed that location data to Russia so they could take out the Ukrainians. That's lethal assistance. But also there's been reporting recently about how China's been selling drones to the Wagner Group, which uses them in Ukraine. Um, And also um, the Breaking Defense website just a couple weeks ago reported that almost every day an Antonov AN-124, which is the largest cargo plane in the world, an AN-124 almost every day leaves Zhengzhou in central China carrying ammunition and other high consumption rate items for Russia. So they've already been doing this and we have a national security establishment that is either lying to the American people because they know it or they're completely oblivious. Um, And I believe that it's up to the President of the United States. He now has an obligation to tell the American people that either all these reports are wrong or to tell us why he's been lying to us for all this time. All right, so what goes through my mind is at the end of the Soviet Union, which was now ancient history to most Americans, they don't even know anything about that, The narrative that I think is true is that the Soviet Union was sort of bankrupted by trying to keep up with us in national defense, and they spent their money on, you know, warfare and not on their people, and it it actually brought them down. It weakened them. And so when I see China doing this in Ukraine, helping the Russians in Ukraine, that's what goes through my mind. This is, we are pouring ridiculous amounts of money into Ukraine. And this is going to make us pour more amounts into Ukraine. It's going to prolong the war. Is that what China has in mind? Well, certainly China wants to support Russia, um, regardless. And yes, that is the effect of what's happening. We got to remember, though, that uh, the best way to deter China in Taiwan or wherever in East Asia is to make sure that Vladimir Putin loses in Ukraine and that Russian forces are removed from all Ukrainian territory. Uh, I know that that sounds dangerous. It's certainly expensive. But it's a lot less expensive than World War III, which is what I believe we will get if Putin is allowed to keep parts of Ukraine. Because Xi Jinping will see that as a big green light to start conflict in East Asia. And it's not just going to be China versus Taiwan. If China attacks Taiwan, North Korea probably will attack South Korea or engage in some provocation. We will have wars all across both ends of the Eurasian landmass, perhaps North Africa as well. And essentially, this is going to be the third world war. Now, Americans don't want to hear that, um, and I can understand why. But the point is, through decades of misguided policy, we are now in the most dangerous moment in history. I'm not an expert like you, Gordon, but I've lived a long time. I've seen a lot of things, and I think you're absolutely spot on. The trick bag on Ukraine is, though, I don't think those billions of dollars are going to help fight the Ukrainians. I think they're going to the pockets of, of, of corrupt officials, including the Biden family. Yeah. Um, so. Really what we have is Biden policy that is designed not to win in Ukraine. And really, these, 
when you think about what they're doing and the speed at which they're doing it, which is pretty, pretty slow. You know, if we wanted to end that war in Ukraine right away, um, we could have supplied all sorts of lethal aid, like the F-16s, like all of the long-range artillery. That could have won the war quickly. Instead, we're now stuck now more than a year in that. And with the Biden policies right now, they will help Ukraine, but they are slow rolling this, which means we're going to be in a war for a very long time. You got to in it. You got to be for there to win it. In terms of protecting the homeland, do you agree with the premise that it's actually because we have such a feckless administration that it's governors who will, some have been, stepping up to the plate to stop China from buying up farmland and near the military facilities? Do you think that our our hope right now is through governors taking action? It's through governors and through everybody um, putting pressure on the Biden administration. Um, and we got an example of this in 2021. Um, and there was, I think it was in May 26, might be wrong on the date. Um, that morning, CNN reported that the State Department ended um, a Trump era investigation into the origins of COVID-19. There was immediate outrage, not just in Washington, but also across the U.S. And that afternoon, President Biden actually had to order a 90-day investigation into the origins of COVID-19. I am sure that when Biden woke up that morning, he had no idea that he was going to do that, but he was pressured into doing it. Now, that investigation was a whitewash, but it did create a momentum for, for instance, the Energy Department last weekend actually uh, reporting that it believed that COVID-19 began with a leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So you can see that it's bottom-up pressure that's going to save us. And it's going to be governors, it's going to be state legislators, it's going to be school boards, it's going to be you and me. Yeah, I think so. Well, patriots rising up to protect their country, and though their government won't do it. It's really frightening, Gordon. We've never been in this place before, ever, ever, ever. You know, yes. and even if we didn't, weren't maybe as uh, maybe as militarily prepared as we wished we had been. Sometimes I think that was true several years ago when President Trump took over. Our our nuclear uh, capabilities were so drained and so antiquated, you know, that we really weren't as much of a threat as people thought we were. But we had the reputation and we had the will. Now we don't have the equipment, we don't have the preparation, and we, our military is just, leaders are disgraceful. So I, I'm, yeah. All right, well, let me ask, let's go back to this. Um, we've spoken often about Hong Kong. Lydia, your wife is from Hong Kong, and it has a special place in her heart and in your heart, and mine too, cause, because of my travels there. Uh, so Hong Kong has been now fully absorbed by mainland. What's happening there now? Are people just trapped? I mean, what what is happening there now? Well, Beijing has uh, dishonored its promise to provide, to allow a high degree of autonomy for 50 years. Um, that was part of the Sino-British Joint Declaration of 1984, where Britain would hand over, as they say, Hong Kong on July 1st, 1997. Um, so we're only halfway into that period, but Beijing, through various means, has basically running Hong Kong directly, violating all of its treaty obligations on this. And so, is there any news from the dissenters? Have they gone completely underground? Are they in prison or killed? Or what, what do you think? Jimmy Lai, um, who is a hero, is in prison. Um, he's going to probably be in prison for the rest of his life unless the United States moves to try to free him. 
Um, a lot of dissidents have scattered around the world um, trying to find refuge. Um, people in Hong Kong are quiet, but we know that that despite how bad it looks, that there is a lot of just resentment and frustration. And we have seen this through Hong Kong's history. We've had protests that bubble up, and then they died down for a decade and they came back. So we had protests in 2003, 2014, 2019, and we could still have protests again. But right now, it looks pretty quiet and it looks grim. As you know, because you write the books, uh, China is expanding everywhere. They're they're leaving their fingerprint, you know, in South America, building you know the Belt and Roadway Initiative, and uh, also you know the South American countries are being infiltrated and uh, armed, and it's just it's frightening. There's there uh, Japan, um, Australia. I mean, it's just it seems to me every just about everywhere. Is there any country that they've targeted that has really managed to resist successfully the influence of China? Uh, well, the United States certainly hasn't. Um, so, yeah, no. I mean, there are countries like Lithuania, the Baltic countries are very much um, staunch, um, and, and that's good. But we've got some countries that have generally been taken over by China. Um, and this is, this is you know, around the world. Um, so this is a problem because we are going to have to remove Chinese influence from our country and then start to remove it from other countries as well. But, you know, when you talk about Latin America, Sandy, um, we have not paid attention to this hemisphere. So we have, in a sense, opened the door to Chinese and Russian and Iranian influence. And that's why they are here in such um, great force. Also, right now, um, there's something called the Pink Wave, which started in 2018 with the election of uh, uh, AMRO uh, in Mexico. Um, AMLO in Mexico. And so there's been, for instance, leftists taking over in places like Colombia, which has been a staunch American ally for a very long time. Brazil most recently. And there are 11 presidential elections um, this year and next year. And probably the pink wave will continue. That opens the door to China and to its allies and friends. And so we have, we have just neglected this hemisphere and the Caribbean. Just a philosophical question, because I hear this discussed, and I don't know the answer. The wokeness, the um, the uh, control of speech, uh, the thought police, all of that, this move to totalitarianism that we're experiencing here, do you think it more, most closely aligns with Mao's, the, the, the Red Chinese method, the Soviet method of propaganda, or the Nazi method, where you know they intimidated by violence. I mean, do you see it as a blend, or do you see it more of, of one, more than one, more of one than the others? I think that when we see this, it is really a combination of all of them. Because remember that um, China learned from the Soviet Union, um, and of course, both of them learned the propaganda techniques of the Third Reich. Um, but, you know, there is a woman in Loudoun County, Virginia, C. Van Fleet, who says that what she sees really has been a replay of the Cultural Revolution in China. That was the decade-long campaign starting in 1966, and there is, the same, um, there is the same themes that she sees over and over again. And, and this is our fault, because we have, you know, we conservatives have completely neglected education. 
Boy, we certainly have. And of course, the, the Chinese are infiltrating our colleges and universities. Um, Gordon, just the last question. I, do you have any, is there in you, because you love this country, you're partly Chinese and that's part of your heritage, your work, you, your wife is Chinese. So that's a, you know, it's got to be a conflict. Do you have any kind of hope, really? I have hope because we know that the Chinese people are, um, they resent and in many cases they hate the Communist Party. We saw that with the extraordinary protests that began in late October of last year and continued into December. These were over the COVID lockdowns. These had no organization, no leadership, no coordination, but people across China took to the streets and some of them were chanting, down with Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, down with the Communist Party. Now, those protests have gone away, but since then we've seen a whole new wave of protests as municipalities have not been able to provide social services to retired folks and others. So China right now is volatile and it is a dangerous place. And the Chinese people, you know, they, they're just unhappy for various reasons. So it is a dangerous, dangerous regime And that's right our now. hope, is that they could implode. That's our hope, right? That's our hope yes. that they will bring a yeah. better China. Yep. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I will share that hope with you, Gordon. And listen, meanwhile, thank you so much uh, for joining me. I always appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandy. Have you ever heard of the new federal state of China? Well, neither had I until we were at CPAC and a Chinese, a beautiful Chinese girl, a dissident from China, uh, joined me on Radio Road to explain what they're doing. And I ended up, actually, she pulled me back then to their broadcast area, and I did an interview for the people of China. It's pretty interesting, and we're going to talk about it. But first, just sit back and listen to Rachel Chen, and I'll be right back after that. Okay, Sandy Rios with you. Sandy Rios 24-7, uh, live, as you can hear, from CPAC 2023. This is one of my favorite things to do because I love fascinating people. So a fascinating person that just sat down across from me, Rachel Chen, came by to talk to me and I asked her to come join us. Uh, she's part of the, the new federal state of China, which is, I don't know what that means. She's going to tell us. Uh, their mission is to take down the evil Chinese Communist Party. Well, on that we are united, Rachel. So thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, so what what are you guys doing now? You got a big media presence here. That's right. Uh, down at the end of the row, you have a huge setup and lots of people. So, are are you, in general, who what kinds of people make up the new federal state of China? Okay, so new federal state China are made are made of um, freedom loving Chinese people, and most of them are Chinese dissidents. Okay, they are in opposition. They want to take down the Chinese Communist Party. We're not just anti-CCP. We actually literally uh, take actions to take them down, to overthrow this dictator, the most evil, tyrannical regime on earth. So this movement actually started in 2017 by one man named Miles School. Um, he has actually spent 30 years of his life fighting the, the, the totalitarian regime. Um, and he fled China at the end of four, uh, 2014 after preparations, after you know, careful planning, and he started a whistleblowing, uh, the corruption uh, about the CCP kleptocrats um, and the nefarious plans they have to destroy the United States and the free world. 
So, um, so in 2017, uh, he started officially January 26, on the day of January 26, starting accepting interviews and doing YouTube online, uh, in talks, uh, in hours. So, um, and then by April, he has done a number of those, uh, you know, revelations about corruption. And then on April 18th, he had an interview with Voice of America, which is a public radio of the United States funded by taxpayer money. And that, this is a famous uh, 419 cutoff incident we refer to. The reason why is um, this interview with Miles Guo, the number one dissidents, um, you know, Chinese dissidents, um, uh, uh, was scheduled actually in March. So after Miles Guo advertised about his upcoming interview with VOA, uh, he immediately, his family received threats, he received threats, and uh, VOA was uh, under pressure. So on the day, uh, one day before, just actually t literally 10 hours before the interview was starting on April 19th in the morning, I think it was around 10 or 11 a.m. ish, uh, just literally um, hours, there is a lawsuit fired by a CCP agent named Shan Weijian. He is uh, the chairman, still is the chairman of Asia, uh, sorry, Pacific Alliance Group, a private equity firm that helps the institutional investors making good money in China, in Hong Kong. Okay, So he actually, on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party, filed a fictitious lawsuit against Miles Guo just hours before the VOA cutoff in and on the same day of April 19th, the Chinese government, the Ministry of Affairs, um, issued a red notice announcement from Interpol calling Miles School a criminal suspect. And just hours after, the public radio station, the interview was supposed to be three hours, but as he went on in about an hour mark, the plug was unplugged by was VOA. <laughs> Was this interview taking place in China? It's in New York. In New York. In Miles and even Gore's in New York, resident. it was uh, okay. <clears throat> what year was that? It was 2017, April 19th. I encourage everybody to go check if you want to dig that incident. It was so huge. One good thing came out of that incident is a lot of Chinese who were ha following Miles Gore from his initial January uh, activities of a whistleblowing activity. A lot of them initially don't know because the information he shared, it was too far away from everyday people's life because he's talked about the corruption among the top echelon of the Chinese Communist Party. So people cannot relate to it. But you know what? People love VOA up to that point. The Chinese people remember the 1989 student movement. Oh, yes. You know, those students are, are hidden in their dormitory and secretly listen to the voice of freedom and democracy from VOA. That's a beacon of hope for people living in China yes. for a long time. But when people realize the VOA is actually in opposite in opposition of Miles Guo, who has everything to say against well, the CCP. You know what? That's the biggest revelation for millions of people. And I started following. I started paying attention to what he has to say. And guess what? After seven, uh, after six years, after almost six years, coming 2023, I can. I'm convinced. You know, and there's 600 million of us right now behind uh, this organization right now called New Federal State. 600 million. Yes, Chinese wow. and most of them living uh, behind the firewall in mainland China mm -hmm. and hoping to overthrow this evil regime.
Now you have a you're doing television and radio. Are you doing? Are you beaming stuff back into China then? Yes, that's the idea. Every day, because because Voice of America has become so corrupt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know we have our. I don't need to tell you that we are in serious trouble here in the United States. Actually, I have to share this on uh, with We're you with your audience. We're dissidents too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know what? In our booth on the very first day, we had a、uh, we had a gentleman came approached us, and I forgot his name because some some of my colleagues, my、uh, teammates, interviewed him, and he shared on live on our streaming、uh, streaming live streaming on Getter, and he told us he said I was there on that day. I witnessed. What? How this cutoff incident happened? He said at that time I was working for Hill, and、uh, you know Amanda Bennett at that time was the boss of the VOA. Received a call and then called、uh, the person on、uh, on the scene,、uh, Gong, a Chinese reporter, worked at VOA at the time, and then she went and plugged the the plug. So she shared with、uh, he shared、oh, with us. Oh, interesting! Just a few minutes ago. Yeah, just actually、well. the, the two days ago. The bit of it that I know about, and I don't know details, but Michael Pack was the appointment of President Trump to take that over. Not just Voice of America, but all of our overseas broadcasts, because it had become so corrupt.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the Congress held his nomination up, and he he got in and started making all these changes. And his tenure, when President Biden got in, he was fired on day one. So yeah, it's completely corrupt. I can I can confirm、mm-hmm. that with you. So you're what you're doing is very very needed. So we we're here to actually inform people because American your democracy really hanging on a very thin string、um, because they're everywhere. They're in your system. You know the weaponized. That's why the work that Jim Jordan, the Honorable Jim Jordan, is doing is is so critical.、Uh, you know the weaponization of the government federal agencies, and that's exactly what the CCP has. Penetrated. Rachel, you're young and beautiful. Thank you. You live in Canada. You're safe. Why do you maintain this passion to fight against the Communist Party in China? Okay, so、uh, the answer lies in、uh, my statement to correct what you just said. I live in Canada. I feel safe. No, you heard of the New York Police Station, correct? Okay, we in Canada we have three police station in Toronto. Okay, and、uh, we have you heard of a United from a department work units? They're all over America. They're all over the America. They are infiltrated in your grassroots organization, your church, your nonprofit community organization. You mean in the CCP? That's、yes. the they you're talking about. Yeah, the CCP, and then they have a lot of operatives on the ground. They're watching those Chinese. Uh, immigrants. They came to a free society. They coerce them to turn them into the operatives, using their loved ones back home. They, that's what they do. Okay. So this why there is no safety anywhere. We used to have an illusion, thinking we're coming to a rule of law country. We have, you know, law to protect us. But realize that when we actually hit, when the organization in Miles School was hit by the 76 lawsuits. Coming at us, you know, we look, we, we're surprised. Your DOJ is compromised. You know, there's pa- repatriation efforts down to the highest level of your government. You know, these are people and DOJ people. They they admitted guilty. You know, George Hackenbotham, he admitted guilty in 2018 as a senior a congressional officer. These are on DOJ website. But there is people high up there too, because otherwise they can't do this. Everywhere we turn, like SEC. You know, FBI, your business, your big corporations. The, the president of the United States. Yeah,、so、we know all about this, Rachel. 
I know not everyone does, but most people, at, certainly at CPAC, are aware. Maybe not all the details, mm -hmm. but uh, but what you're doing is important. You're trying to make the urgency, and you're you're a great messenger for that. So thank you. Yeah. I, before I leave, I want to make a last solution. I want to call it to solution because otherwise we will be helpless. People don't know what we're going to do. So the message here is: we, uh, the Chinese people, the 600 million people gathered behind our calls, the Chinese, they will take down the corrupted, uh, the, the the corrupt and most evil uh, totalitarian regime on earth. But we need Americans to help us, which is decouple, defund those criminal organizations. Because right now, American sellouts, they're still put the CCP on life support. You know, they're basically selling them everything, giving them everything to hurt Americans, to hurt Chinese. So that's why we want you to decouple with the CCP, defund them, don't give them the money, don't give the technology to hurt us, to hurt us as a human being. And the other things is um, uh, judiciary, because if you don't have a judiciary, judicial independence, your democracy would be gone. You know, so that's that's where it just starts. We have the receipts because after six years of fighting, we have a lot of evidence. Okay, through the court documents, through the things that they've done, they've said, we can prove it. Who are those American sellouts? Those international big law firms and those uh, partners of those law firms, those lobbyists, those PR firms, those wow. politicians, former former politicians. We know who they are. You just have to pay attention and investigate. You follow the NFSC, follow the money, and you will get down to the bottom of it. You know, Rachel, this reminds me, when the Soviet Union, which was our big enemy, the America's big enemy for, for generations, when they fell, we had access then suddenly to, uh, I think it was called the Verona Files, and it was, that's when we first found out how many Americans, even former presidents, presidential candidates, were colluding with the Russians. Yes. We had no idea, and you're offering us that now in real yes. life time. So, very important work that you're doing. Rachel Chen, the new federal state of China. Thank you so much, Rachel. Can I share our uh, social media handle sure, so people can do. follow us? Sure. So uh, we are on Getter and we're also on Twitter. Um, so it's at NFSC Speaks. NFSC Speaks. Speaks. Okay. Yes. NFC Speaks. That's great. Excellent. Rachel. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Isn't that interesting? The new federal state of China. Well, I learned a lot more about it when I went with Rachel back to their broadcast area, but um, I'll tell you about that in a second. First of all, a great sponsor, Preborn, is the sponsor of this show. While our administration considers declaring a public health emergency on abortion, the battle is far from over. Overturning Roe versus Wade was huge, but let's not forget this. Day after day, young women, scared young women who don't think they have options, are choosing abortion. Preborn Network Clinics has rescued over 200,000 babies. The majority of the women who come to their clinics are being pressured to abort. And Preborn seeks these women out before they make the ultimate choice and introduces them to the life growing inside of them through a free ultrasound. And we, you and I, are the fuel that allows Preborn to offer these young women free ultrasounds. Once a woman hears that heartbeat and sees that precious life, the majority of time she will choose life. It's only $28. That's what an ultrasound costs. $140 provides five ultrasounds. So come on, let's save some lives today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that because abortion doesn't stop, so we can't stop. Just go to preborn.com sandy. That's preborn.com 
slash Sandy and, and, you know, make a generous donation and we will appreciate it. And certainly I think God will, you know, God sees each and everything you do. And when you give generously for something like this, um, it doesn't go beyond his notice. So thank you in advance for doing that. I also want to remind you, if you want to contact us, you can do that at 662-821-2040, or you can email at sandy at afr.net, or you can go on social media and find out more stuff about what we're doing. Uh, And you can hear this podcast, Tell Your Friends, at afr.net, that's home base, on Apple, on Spotify, or any of your podcast networks that you enjoy. All right, in just a second now, we're going to take a tiny break. And when we come back, Bruce is going to join me, my husband, Bruce, and we're going to talk about what we just heard. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing, and we want to help you grow too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at infoagemedia247 at gmail.com. That's infoagemedia247 at gmail.com. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios, back with you and Sandy Rios 24-7. Wow, Bruce, rather, my sweetheart, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> Wasn't that something? It really was. Um, we have really, really been asleep at the switch when it comes to China. And thank goodness uh, there's enough people from there to sound the alarm, to keep us on our toes at least somewhat, that we have a big, big problem on our hands with communist China. Yes, and uh, the origins of this new federal state of China are pretty interesting. I, I think that um, Rachel made it pretty clear, but I'm, I, let me just see if I can clarify a little bit. Uh, her, the guy that is uh, funding uh, this new federal state of China and all their media efforts uh, is a billionaire from China, and he was a big fan of Voice of America, which is where the Chinese got all their good information. We had, for years, uh, America had broadcast the truth about what's going on in the world behind the Iron Curtain into Russia, into Cuba, and into China. And it was it was a lifeline for people that were trapped behind the Iron Curtain. And Red China wasn't behind the Iron Curtain, but they had their own curtain, the Red Dragon. They were just inside it. They were shut off from the world for decades. And so they depended on the voice of America. But this is what happened. When Barack Obama came into power, perhaps Bill Clinton before that, uh, changes began to be made at Voice of America. And the broadcast that used to... Um, tell people about America and the good things that we were doing and to talk about what was actually happening in the country, things they didn't know, suddenly became uh, mouthpieces for the left, pro-communism, pro-all, you fill in the blanks, pro-lack of freedom. And this Chinese billionaire was actually doing an interview with Voice of America. And Bruce, he was doing the interview in New York City, ironically, when uh, the Voice of America staff, people, whoever it was, absolutely pulled the plug on the broadcast when he started talking about what was really going on in China. They pulled the plug. And so um, he was so appalled by that that he started this media entity, which the, the new federal state of China, I'm sure, does a lot of other things, but they had a huge presence, as you know, 
on Radio Row at CPAC. And, um, and so that's th- this girl, uh, Rachel, and dozens of others work for this guy, and they're trying to get information into mainland China, China right now. Well, you know, uh, no one knows the warts of a family than somebody that's in the family. And I think no one can explain to us better what we should fear from communist China than people who either have family there, grew up there, or have contacts there. And this is the kind of group that we need to be listening to. You know, it's, it's, um, it really, it's true, Bruce, because I was as concerned as I am, and I talk about this often, uh, they were just emphatic and urgent. There was an urgency uh, with their message. And mm-hmm. when I even talked to them, I told her, I said, Rachel, do you know what it means to be preaching to the choir? <laughs> she she said she said uh, she said yes. I I'm the choir. No, I I do. I totally agree with you. And yet, uh, because they've experienced so many horrible things, and they see clearly what China is doing here to infiltrate. She says, No, they're here now. They're here now. They're they're overrunning you. They're going to take over. You have to wake up. You know. Uh, interestingly, you know, she she uh, asked me to come down and do be on their broadcast. I have to tell you, too, um, uh, as she asked you to come down, she had originally said, well, it would be about five minutes. <laughs> so I stayed behind at our table, and you went down with her, and you didn't come back, and you didn't come back. <laughs> you thought I went to Red and China. And you didn't come back, and I thought... Don't tell me we just got duped by the Chinese communists <laughs> and they've kidnapped Sandy <laughs> and I'm sitting here <laughs> fat, dumb, and happy. At the... So anyway, after about 25 minutes when you came back, I will say I was relieved. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was not duped. But I, you know what's interesting, Bruce, um, and I've done this before. It's just been a long time where I didn't quite know what she had in mind. Uh, but she said, we are talking to 700 million Chinese. That's how many listeners we have. And uh, I want you to, t- I, I asked her, I said, now, what is it that you are wanting from me? What are you expecting? And she said, we'll talk to them. And so basically, um, I just told them, I said, I told them about it, how fondly I feel about the Chinese people and all my experiences there and how I love their, their ability to create and uh, the way they think and uh, their, 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 the Great Wall and their long history and all of it. But I just assured them, I said, look, regardless of what you're seeing or hearing, there are so many of us here in the United States that are fighting. We do know what's going on. We're fighting the same thing here, and we are fighting. You may not see that at the top levels, but I guarantee you we're all in this together, fighting this oppression. So that's basically what I said to them and tried to encourage them. I think I probably talked to them about faith in Christ and the power of that. But um, it was a real privilege. Yeah, that was just a serendipitous meeting with that young girl. And I really, I was very rewarding. I was grateful. All right. Well, that's uh, quite, that was quite a show. I hope that you enjoyed it. And really, honestly, we do appreciate you tuning in. We also love to know what you think about things. And so if you have something you want to say to us or comment about, you can call 662-821- Two zero four zero, or you can send us an email at sandy at afr.net sandy at afr.net you can go to all the social media platforms and find us there and you can go uh, find us at any of the podcast platforms as well but for now bruce and i my sweetheart and i are so grateful that you're enjoying this show and that you're listening and so we hope you'll stay tuned to the next sandy rios 24 7